lot of money. All you want is to make a lot of money. Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Each week we slip down the rabbit hole, interrupting croquet games and tea time. We talk to disappearing cats and hassle mentally unstable people wearing large hats. All this in an effort to bring the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. This week we're asking the key question. Have the financial markets gone through the looking glass? Down is up, black is white. Bad data is good data, and it's all the Fed's fault. (laughs) But for the past few weeks, the markets have been cheering weak economic data, believing it'll force the Fed to delay rate hikes until later this year. This week, we find out whether it worked. Also, this week might be our wonderland for the time being. The Fed decision will set the tone for the next couple months as Wall Street will start gaming for the November meeting. This week, we'll take a look at the recent data and how it affected expectations for the Fed. We'll also detail the likelihood of a rate hike this time and start looking ahead to the rest of the year. Now, the Fed isn't the only story this week, of course. There's some housing data due out as well. Home sales have been a mixed bag lately, so we'll take a look at what to expect from that sector. And as always, we'll take a look at the key stories from the past week and shine a light on some of the darker alleys on Wall Street. For instance, we'll tell you how homeless people and porn addicts ruin free internet browsing in New York City. Bet you can't wait for that. We'll also let you know the latest ways that Uber and Lyft are changing the world, especially for drunk people. And we'll detail Samsung's lame first attempt to fix their exploding battery problem. Oh boy, here we go. It's the uh, Blame the Ace edition of Offbeat Wall Street. Oh no, your majesty, please, it's all his fault. Not the your grace, the ace, the ace. You? No, two. The deuce, you say? Not me, the train. Yeah, Hannah. All right, as we talked about, the Federal Reserve is back in the spotlight this week. The Central Bank's rate-setting committee will announce its latest interest rate decision Wednesday. Now, unlike recent meetings, there's some doubt this time about what the Fed's going to do. Earlier this year, the Fed began to ramp up its rhetoric about the need to raise rates. And then the Brexit vote came, followed by a dismal May jobs report. The Fed went into hiatus for a couple of months with back-to-back strong job reports encouraging renewed talks of a rate hike. Earlier this month, the government released another jobs report, and that one was okay, but below expectations. The market took this as a sign that the Fed would once again postpone its rate increase. This was reinforced by some other signs of a fragile economy that have come out over the last couple weeks. So where do we stand with the Fed meeting coming up? Well, the chance of a rate hike has dwindled in recent weeks. According to trading in Fed funds futures, the chance of a hike at this week's Fed meeting stand at about 12%. Almost a week ago, the probability of a hike was approaching 25%. Looking further out, the chance is still roughly 50-50 of a rate hike this year. Now, the Fed, of course, is the main course this week. However, the housing market will be the appetizer slash dessert. Yeah, same difference. A few reports about the housing market are set to be released. We'll get a report on housing starts, and that gives a look at the health of the home building market. Later in the week, we get a report on so-called existing home sales, and that tracks sales of homes that have had previously owners. Basically, the category of not newly built homes. Get it? Got it? Good. That's by far, by the way, the largest part of the housing industry. Last month, existing home sales slumped 3.2%. The rate of sales came in below the mark that economists were predicting. That data is released by the National Association of Realtors. In announcing last month's report, the NAR said that restrained inventory and higher prices cut into sales. So basically, people looking for homes are having trouble finding something that they can afford. The medium home price for existing homes was up 5.3% in the month compared to last year. 
The NAR's analysis was borne out by a separate report that showed a sharp jump in new home sales. The government report showed that those jumped 12.4% in July, rising well above the rate that economists had expected. Whoa, you silly economists. This month's data will give an updated snapshot of this mixed housing market. The existing home sales report is due out Thursday. Now, the next report on new home sales won't come out until next week. Your world? (laughs) What nonsense. Now, nonsense. Once more, from the beginning. That's it, Dinah. If I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is, because everything would be what it isn't. Well, last week was all about setting up for the upcoming Fed meeting. A good amount of data was released, with investors generally using it to guess what the Fed is likely to do. Now, this caused the Alice in Wonderland market that we've seen lately, where bad economic news can spark gains in the stock market. Now, usually the stock market reads economic data to see what it means for the health of the economy. However, when interest rates take center stage, traders change their perspective. And when that happens, traders look past economic concerns to focus on what the Fed is likely to do with the info. Weak data means the Fed can hold off on raising rates. Strong data gives them the green light to hike. For the past couple of weeks, weak data has pushed stocks higher on the hopes that the Fed can stand pat. Of course, if the data would start to get too bad, attitudes might change. A little bad holds the Fed at bay. Very bad means uh, we should start Googling local unemployment offices. Take last week, for example. The government released some disappointing data on retail sales. The Commerce Department said that those dropped three-tenths of a percent in August following a revised one-tenth of one percent uptick in July. That figure had been expected to slip, but by a more modest showing of a tenth of one percent. A lot of the fall had to do with a pullback in sales by motor vehicle and parts dealers. That figure fell nine-tenths of one percent in August after jumping 1.7 percent in July. But even excluding auto sales, the figures were disappointing. The report said retail sales, excluding the auto sector, edged down a tenth of a percent in August after falling four-tenths of a percent in July. Economists had expected ex-auto sales to rise three-tenths of one percent. Not a good sign for the health of the economy. However, stocks immediately rallied on the news. Why is that? Because it means the Fed is more likely to hold its fire. Remember, the perceived chances that the Fed will raise rates at the upcoming meeting have been roughly cut in half over the past week. Go back and listen to last week's episode, for example, and you'll see that's the case. And that's largely, of course, the result of incoming data and signals that Fed officials have given in public speeches. The other side of any Fed debate, of course, is inflation. The central bank has been allowed to keep rates as low as it has been, mainly because inflation has been kept under wraps. Signs of rising inflation could force the Fed's hand, though. And we got an inflation update last week. And, well, inflation is still pretty well controlled. Now, first, looking at wholesale prices, they held steady in the month of August. A Labor Department report showed that producer prices for final demand was unchanged in August after falling four-tenths of a percent in July. Economists had expected the producer price index to tick up a tenth of one percent. Now, the producer price figure tracks wholesale inflation, not the prices that you or I see when we go shopping, but the figure represents the inflation pressure that might eventually bubble up into retail prices. And right now, well, there's nothing bubbling. Watchpot never boils, they say, and an update on consumer prices came last week as well. And the Labor Department said that prices were up two-tenths of one percent, the basic definition of a boring result. Core prices, which exclude the food and energy sectors, climbed three-tenths of a percent. That reading was a little hot. Economists had expected core prices to rise two-tenths of one percent. Oh, Dinah, it's just a rabbit with a waistcoat and a watch. Oh, my fairy whiskers! I'm late, I'm late, I'm late! Now, there's 
is curious. What could a rabbit possibly be late for? All right, each week, when we feel like it, we like to wander off the beaten path a little bit, take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. So, right now, time for a few of our quick hits. All right, the first one is a brief tour of human depravity. Of course, that means it takes place in New York City. Yeah, the city is cutting off the browsing function at its Link NYC internet kiosks. People will still be able to get Wi-Fi from them and make phone calls, but the browsers are being turned off. Why? Wait for it. Porn. <laughs> well, homeless people in porn. It seems like there have been complaints that the Wi-Fi kiosks were used as living rooms by vagrants. Also, residents and businesses around the kiosk reported as some use the tablets to browse porn sites. And sometimes when people looked at porn, one thing led to another, and, well, you know, you get the idea. <laughs> Moving on to other things that might explode in your lap, uh, Samsung has come up with a funny and, at the same time, lousy solution for the explosion of the new Galaxy Note 7 smartphones. The South Korean tech giant reportedly will release a new software update for its Galaxy Note 7 users, which would restrict users from charging their batteries fully. Now, according to reports, Samsung will release a software update next week in South Korea that will prevent the Note 7 batteries from charging above 60% of capacity. The company has already declared a recall due to the exploding battery problem. Now, here's another dispatch from the dystopian future where no humans can find a job, or it's a get a report from the endless glorious parade of human progress. I'll let you decide. It involves Uber. Yeah, you know, they started uh, their self-driving car service in Pittsburgh last week. You can now get yourself to a Pirates game by hailing the driverless automatic cars. Well, that's not the only news from the world of ride servicing. Last week, Uber's rival Lyft announced a partnership with Budweiser to give free rides home to, wait for it, drunk people. <laughs> Who could have guessed? From September 16th through the end of this year, the two companies are offering free late-night rides on weekends and holidays in New York State, Colorado, Illinois, and Florida. In Pittsburgh, of course, as we've already learned, drunk people will, well, they'll just have to pay a robot. My dear child, this is not a birthday party. Of course not. <laughs> this is an unbirthday party. Unbirthday? Well, I'm sorry, but I don't quite understand. It's very simple. Now, 30 days have set. No. Well, All right, thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, go to iTunes and subscribe while you're there. Go ahead and rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover the show. Great ratings help everybody discover the show. So it's very helpful. Also, let all of your friends know. Check out offbeatwallstreet.com. Follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet. And you spell S-T like you see on the street signs. And thanks, of course, to the big BS for heaping all of this wonderful information upon us. Script writing, co-production of the podcast. And, of course, a big thanks to RTT News for providing a lot of the news and stats used right here on this here show. If you want up-to-date info on the markets, go check them out right now, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, just remember that as you strive to climb the corporate ladder, it's always important to remember where you sit in the pecking order no matter how high you may seem to rise. Her, her, her Imperial Highness, her, her Grace, Her Excellency, Her Royal Majesty, the Queen of Hearts! And the King. Hooray! Have a great week, everybody.